Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I'm here. We're recording. We made sure yes. not to small talk, which turned into long talk, which turned into let's just do this tomorrow again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we went a little bit long with the catching up uh, last night, but uh yeah, I'm I'm excited to get this uh, kind of show in the books. Is that a thing you do? <laughs> anyway, like because uh, the Game Awards were this past week, and that's what we're talking about today. And I think it's a, it's a really good kind of primer for what we're going to be talking about next week, which is uh, our picks for our kind of favorite gaming experiences of 2019. So I feel like this is going to be a really fun episode. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't. I wouldn't say I look forward to the game awards every year, but I'm pleasantly surprised. They're pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, all awards. Like, here's the thing: all award shows are terrible by default. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not necessarily the fault of the game awards. They're they're essentially following a set um, format, which is just oh god, I can't watch any like Grammys, Emmys, Oscars. Mm. I think. Is it the Golden Globes, the ones where they're all like sitting around tables and like eating and drinking and stuff? Because I feel like those ones are fun because they have a lot of like it's all the celebrities just kind of sitting back and like getting drunk and like relaxing and chilling with their friends. So you get a lot of really fun moments out of that one specifically. But the, you know, lines and lines and lines of chairs staring at a stage with, a you know, people who aren't used to presenting awards trying to make it interesting and cringy funny like just no (laughs) the whole whole format is is not entertaining to me (laughs) yeah i mean the thing is uh i think i said this last year about the game awards for me this is the most tolerable award show for like i think they're doing what they can uh within the medium uh as well as applying that video game sort of spin on it in the sense that you've got awards but you've also got world premieres like that's that's the video game thing where it wouldn't be a video game event without announcements and i feel like that's the problem we have is that mainstream gamers when they watch a video game presentation expect there to be earth-shattering sort of announcements even if the whole point of being there is the awards i would love to see from the game awards sort of a two-hour award show and maybe a 30-minute pre-show that is the announcements and then maybe like a closer like okay now we're going to close with some announcements or something because yeah. i feel like the the show still misses the mark in a very small way or a very small amount but but in a big way in the sense that they have these very critical awards they're giving away that they just sort of brush off um and i don't yeah, it's so and weird. i mean They did this last year, too, and maybe in previous years, but this is the first time uh, in a long time that I've actually, like, watched start to finish the entire ceremony. And, like, I don't remember the name of the host, but when she was doing the pre-show, I didn't realize that it wasn't part of the main show until they actually got to a part in the broadcast where they put up, like, a title card again, and it was, like, Game Awards starting soon. And I was like, well, then what the hell was what did I just watch for 45 minutes? Like, what was this chick doing? Because it looked like game award, like she was giving out awards, like they weren't insignificant or anything. And it was just like, why do a pre-show that's basically your actual show? 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and then put a title card up for five minutes and then go to the main show, I guess, when Jeff comes out and does his, um, then he becomes the host. I I don't know. I just, I found the whole thing so weird. I think that, I think I had this feedback last year where it's like, and and maybe if the theme of this this record this evening is that uh, oh last year I said this as well it's like maybe they just didn't change anything from last year I don't think that they did like uh, I didn't watch anything and go oh this is new it's like it was the same basic formula yeah well it just it felt like it felt like some awards I get it some awards are gonna warrant someone up there talking and and they played some people off but then other times. Uh, like best ongoing game it was the Fortnite one and they didn't even play the guy off they just uh they just let him keep talking and it was weird because it felt like he was talking for quite a while and he was (laughs) like I mean it was fine it was a good speech it was interesting it was for sure but I feel like you know they had best indie up there and they played them off and there were four of them up there they didn't let them talk like to me the reason I watched this show is not for the announcements. I can get that in a in a detailed list, which we are going to link in the show notes here uh, for for those listening at home. But I could I can watch that stuff the next day. I don't care. Yeah, it's the awards. It's hearing from the developers. It's experience. You know, hearing their experiences, um, them sharing their stories of why this is an important you know moment for them. I feel like we didn't get enough of that, and it was just it was just one big commercial with some award shows sprinkled in um and there were awards i think that just kind of maybe the people weren't there and i'm totally cool with them saying this person also or this game also won x award i get that that's fine like i don't need the uh best indie to come up and then come up again and talk to you know best performance or best uh best rpg or something because yeah, again, i like, agree well, with you, know, you there it's like you know they're kind of highlighting the best award that that game won and then saying oh they also won these other things so it's mm-hmm. like you know if something wins game of the year then they're like this also won for best game direction and blah 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 other stuff like i i like those reminders and i i think it's interesting for them to highlight that kind of stuff instead of like you're right each team going up a hundred times like that's you know gets tedious but I feel like there's got to be a balance because you're right. I there's a lot of developers that didn't get a whole lot of time to talk that I would have liked to hear a little bit more insight into like their process, how they came up with the game, like, you know, anything that they want to tell me, Um, because I think that's what the Fortnite guys started talking about was kind of like game design philosophy and like what they're trying to do and what they're trying to build. And I was like, that's actually really, really interesting. And they talked about, you know, the um taking the game offline and doing the whole black hole thing and, and you know, how they came to that idea and, and all of it was just so interesting. And I was like, I'm so glad that they didn't play them off because I wanted to hear what he had to say. So I don't know. I, I think I agree with you that there's got to be some sort of like happy medium that they haven't really struck yet because it seems like they were showing a lot of trailers for stuff that I was just kind of like, Uh, I didn't need to see this like either super, super early teaser stuff or, you know, things that were just, you know, so far out there. They weren't like 
sequels necessarily to existing properties. So when you show like a teaser for something like that, it's like the best reaction you're probably going to get is, oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I'll maybe, you know, wait and see more about that. But there's like there were very few announcements that were like totally and utterly mind blowing. So I don't know. I feel like they went too far down the show me trailers road and they should have let the devs speak a little bit more. And to, to be completely honest, I mean, I guess it was trailers, but like I thought the Game Awards was going to be like an hour tops. And then I started watching the YouTube video and it was like four freaking hours long. And I can't even tell you what the what the filler in between was like. It was so filler. It was mm -hmm. so like not even worth my brain remembering how I spent those four hours other than, you know, I remember, like I said, a couple of the of the dev speeches were really good. And so I was just like, you know, if I can only remember two or three dev speeches out of a four hour video, you're doing it wrong. Well, that's <laughs> the thing is like it, you're giving you're giving time to Green Day. You're giving time to these musical acts and they're just playing you know their songs and i felt like well yeah i think with with green day it was that you can now uh it was tied to a game announcement because mm. they added the green day songs to beat saber yeah but uh, i mean see here's the thing i remember one year they had imagine dragons come on and they played sort of in tandem with koji kondo from nintendo they played like classic zelda and mario stuff and i think that fits what they're trying to do it's a celebration of music it's a celebration of video game music it fits within the genre of an award show however when green day comes on it's like we're gonna sing two songs and then tell you to go download our music pack it's like that's an advertisement you know yeah that's, yeah and, i can totally and, see that and i love green day so i'm never gonna be like boo a green day concert i love them <laughs> so much i mean so. i i don't mind green day but honestly <laughs> like there's a time and a place for green day and i don't think it's in it the middle definitely of the felt show. super super cringe and awkward when after the start of the second song <laughs> they were like dance, oh yeah guys. everyone come on get up here and everyone was like uh, okay this is kind of odd and then they do one song i thought it was going to be like another three or four songs and then it was just like nope it was that was that was it yeah we just got you up out of your seats for three minutes now go back in an organized fashion find your way back to your seats like it was so weird it's uh it, the format i i often wonder you know some of the quirky stuff from previous years they've gotten rid of like sort of the you know the the odd commercial break that is just a person talking like there's there's a way to fill in sort of i think advertising without it feeling like i'm being advertised to and that's again with some of the trailers you feel that um but i really liked um the conversation between jeff Keeley and the character from apex legends mirage where that was done in real time in a studio next to um, the the theater where they were doing the the game awards and I thought that was again that's a good pairing of like technology and a celebration of games but it was just a giant advertisement for the holiday sort of theme thing coming Event, in yeah you know so which is so funny because like I had no idea where that character was from I was like is this maybe a Fortnite thing like what <laughs> I don't know who this is I don't know what's going on I don't know what game this is uh, so I totally tuned it out because I was like I don't know who this character is and I feel like I'm I don't know a little bit like getting too old for this or something. I'm I guess like, I don't know. Who, like, I guess if you didn't know who, like, I, I get agree off with my you. lawn, you youngins. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where you see something happening and you're just like, I don't 
know how to feel about this, but I feel as though this is not fun. Like, what is happening here? Like, mm. I think it's just an exp- it's an expression of technology that they were able to put together. And I'm not necessarily like connected with Apex Legends, but I felt like what they were showcasing was a more interesting way of um, displaying this advertisement. You know, it was better than just a trailer. It was this conversation. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I mean. The awards, the, I, like we've talked about it, the dev speeches are, are honestly my favorite, and I would prefer to see more of that. I feel like some awards, yeah, they have to be sort of quick-fired because uh, maybe the person isn't there. Like, we don't know. But when you say best family game, it goes to Luigi's Mansion and then make a joke like, I think Nintendo's got this in the bag. It would have been nice if someone from that team had come up from you know the Luigi's Mansion dev team and said hey you know it's really great we got to work on this game and we're really happy that you know it it saw the light of day at this award show uh, again like it just feels the quick fire stuff still feels awkward and again if you're just going to check the box and have like four or five esports categories just don't do them yeah that's what i found so weird i mean oh my god first of all when she was listing everything off it was like esports events or something and -hmm. it was like Blah, 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 name of event 2019. Blah, 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 name of event 2019. I was like, don't say 2019. We know this is the 2019 Game Awards. You don't need to say 2019 at the end of every freaking event. <laughs> well, the event took place in December. They It might have been 2018, right? Because the way the <sighs> award shows kind of work is they offset the... But I see where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, like it just it was, it was weird and repetitive and silly. Uh, but anyways, I, I totally agree with you with like if you're just going to rapid fire stuff, maybe don't bother. It was like there was esports coach, esports host, uh, esports team and esports event. And they spent like no time on anything. I, I don't even remember if esports player of the year came up to talk. No, I don't think so. It was I don't, uh... like. Yeah, maybe the, no. There was. I remember uh, seeing him show. I remember seeing him with the trophy, but I can't remember if that was a photo like from later. But. I think Ninja did the presentation. No, Ninja did best multiplayer. There was a kid that went up, and I think it was a Fortnite player, and he gave a speech, which was really good. Uh, it was interesting to sort of hear that side of it. But like best esports event, it would have been great to have that. You know, the League of Legends person come up and say like, you know, talk about what it takes to run one of these events because I feel like that's the most interesting part of this and maybe that's Mm -hmm. where the show wouldn't work in the sense that it's it runs on advertising it runs on you know video gamers eyeballs watching it on you know the 50 plus streaming locations and maybe they're just not going to get the numbers they need if they create a traditional award show and I, i feel like we said this last year like maybe the dice awards you know that happened in march are the ones that we're interested in but there's probably a reason we don't watch them it's because it's a boring award show (laughs) you know (laughs) i uh i kind of like the glitz and glamour that jeff Keighley puts on but i want him to just dial it back a little bit and then maybe put more focus on the developers we don't need three musical acts uh i don't know they just it was really awkward but i guess they have musical breaks in the oscars right uh, yeah, yeah, they do. And I'm pretty sure that they um, they play stuff like when the Oscars goes to commercial and stuff, which that's kind of the thing, right, is that the Game Awards don't go to commercials because they're not on traditional TV, right? So mm. they are they are slightly different, but 
Now, did you watch the Beaker and Honeydew Muppets? I did. Okay. Yeah, the Muppets thing. I thought that that was honestly really well done. I really liked it, but there's probably a better category for that because I don't know if you remember they did the games for Impact, and I don't know if you remember the one year where that Dragon Cancer one, the video game about uh, that father created oh, about yeah, his son yep. had passed away from cancer, like I think the age of two. It just mm-hmm. felt very uh, risky <laughs> to have Beaker and Honeydew do a little like slapstick comedy goose game uh, skit right before handing an award to these these two developers that have you know put their heart and soul into this game. And these two guys are sitting there with the award. And it's like, yeah, I guess uh, we're the Muppet uh, Award recipients, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would have preferred Ninja, but I guess this is. Uh, this is my life now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just awkward. Yeah. And again, not to say that receiving an award from Ninja would would be worse. I think it'd be much much better than like I don't know what would you what would you think would fit well with Beaker and Honeydew in terms of an award? Probably like well, best family game. I, I, okay, yeah, exactly. I was just about like I'm tipping my tongue. Yeah, best family game or or best multi not not even yeah best family game for sure. This is ridiculous. Uh, and we're gonna write an email. Actually, I'm just going to send this episode <laughs> to Jeff Keeley. He's looking for feedback. Here's an hour podcast. Listen to the whole thing. And, uh, we'll tell you how to do everything. Everything. Just I mean, it. we're not going to tell him. We're going to suggest strongly and apologize <laughs> if uh, he, uh, I don't know, just we're going to apologize. But he kept mentioning the fact that, you know, a lot of Canadians. So, mm-hmm. again, maybe our feedback will count doubly so because we're also canadian um definitely didn't realize he was canadian honestly i didn't know that so but everyone knows uh, but that we i mean so we've talked about the the format of the show in general should we talk a little bit about the the recipients of some of these awards now we're not going to go through sure. absolutely every category obviously but um i did want to like we've talked about it a couple times now that luigi's mansion 3 won best family game and i'm kind of glad i mean Obviously, all of these are Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these were Nintendo games. But um, yeah, Luigi's Mansion 3 is just so charming. And I'm really glad that it got um, some some recognition. Yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked that it did. Because honestly, Nintendo, I think, struggles at these events. Unless they have a big marquee game that a lot of like uh, th- that sparks through the general public i think like zelda and mario were the yeah, yeah. sort of last ones but i think family game is a great way to sort of reward you know and it's funny that it's all nintendo games i think that speaks highly to the fact that other companies aren't really making these caliber of games for you know an all-ages market um yeah i kind of i don't really know how because i i do agree with you but it's kind of funny because it's almost like they made a category for Nintendo because these titles, well, I guess um, Smash Brothers does come up um, another time because they won another, I think they won best fighting game, right? They did. Yeah. Uh, But outside of that, it's like they didn't really know. And I think we talked about this when we talked about the nominees a couple of weeks ago, it's like they, they wanted to acknowledge that Nintendo's doing good work, but then they didn't really know what to do with them. Because, I mean, like, Super Mario Maker 2, sure, yeah, fam. Like, these are all, like, family games. Like, you cannot play them all together. But I don't know. I just, I feel like they they should have been up and out and competing with other stuff. I don't exactly know where it belongs. But it just seems like this family game category was, like, a catch-all for for Nintendo games. And and I think maybe they they didn't really get the recognition that they should like i would have liked to see some of these things uh being considered for other 
in other categories. Now, again, like I say, the the way that they have these categories kind of broken out, I'm not really sure. Like, maybe Luigi would be like an a, an adventure game. It's not quite like an action, right? Mm-hmm. I would, but I would maybe it could like kind adventure. of be an adventure. Yeah, adventure game or like puzzle game even, and which I also think is a category that Mario Maker could possibly compete in because that one it's like you're not only solving your own puzzles and but you're making your own puzzles and playing other people's and yeah i mean there's something to maybe be said for that platformer puzzler but there weren't those categories Hmm. so i don't know i just there's some categories that feel like maybe they don't belong some categories that feel like maybe they're missing i don't know but anyways i'm i'm glad that luigi's mansion won because i thought that was a great game and i actually play i've played everything except for smash brothers um in the family game so mm-hmm. got the ring fit adventure going we played super mario maker 2 yoshi's crafted world all that stuff we played this year so i think luigi's I, Mansion. i agree with this yeah in terms of a family game it also feels like the strongest crafted uh game that can be played uh as a family or on your own um super mario maker 2 is very dependent on user created content ring fit adventure is in a well it's an exercise game uh super smash brothers i feel is like it's a technical fighting game to a certain extent but luigi's mansion just feels very pick up and play which i feel puts it above everything else and it's not quite as cutesy um I want to say dialed down as Yoshi was. Mm. Uh, I know Yoshi gets complex as the game goes forward, but it is a, it's a very simple. It's not simplistic, but you know what I mean. It's it's uh, not as advanced as Luigi's Mansion Three is. I feel like Luigi's Mansion Three presents a really challenging. It, it presents a challenging and interesting experience that is varied across the board. Um, yeah, and I think it's the strongest of that lot, and I'm I'm glad it won too because it certainly really deserved it. But. Uh, you know, some other ones that popped up, I, I heard some people squawking about, uh, you know, best direction um, and then people are game direction. And then people wondering, like, well, how do you judge game direction if you weren't around to actually see the direction? You know, is it is it just <laughs> right, the final yeah. product or are you are you sort of judging based on, you know, stories that you've heard? Like, oh, yeah, he's that that was a that game was well directed. But then there might be like a documentary that comes out later is like now nah, that that shit came together at the last minute we we had terrible direction mm-hmm. i mean that's that's kind of the story of game development right so i don't know death stranding i guess you had to give kojima something uh <laughs> yeah that i was actually i mean we'll talk about game of the year in a minute but uh it for all its hype um yeah it definitely uh didn't i I, like i thought it was just gonna like walk away with all of the awards regardless like anything Mm -hmm. it was nominated for it was just gonna get so i mean yeah game game director or game direction uh i uh, there's i guess no one with any more creative vision than kojima i mean he is out there yeah that's (laughs) a good point i mean he like yeah this game is literally his heart and soul I think he took a literally took a chunk out and just put it on every disc and was like, "You now all own a piece of my heart and soul." Uh, I'm gonna go lay down now, but um, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. I'm like scrolling down the page here a little bit and I see mobile game, and the winner for that category was Call of Duty Mobile, and then I see it it was up against Grindstone, which was a game that came out. Um, it's by the Cappy Cappy Barra Games, and it's a game that was on Apple Arcade, and it's totally amazing it's an amazing mobile game and then again you give it to call of duty mobile it's like 
I, don't I felt know. the same about um because they gave something else to Call of Duty. I think it was audio design. Yeah, yeah. And it was up against like uh it was up against Death Stranding, it was up against Control, uh what else was there? There was a couple of other things that it was up against. Gears of um, War. Gears 5, yeah, Sekiro and Resident Evil 2. And I was like Really? We're giving it to Call of Duty explosions like that? Oh, but I the don't bullets, know. Jocelyn, you can hear the difference between that. I don't know. I, I, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, I uh, mean, especially now that I've I've sunk some time into control, like the audio in there is so good. Yeah. It's so weird and so creepy in spots. Like, I don't know. I just, when they were like, Call of Duty, I was like, Really? <laughs> and maybe it's just because there's literally one every year that I have a I have trouble not taking it seriously, but I don't know. I just because they make a different one every year, it's just it's a little bit repetitive and derivative. So, you know, to give it awards, I'm just like, Ugh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of control, if you look at art direction, the winner for there was control. I feel like that's a that's a that's a strong category and a solid winner. I, I think control has amazing sort of overall look and feel across the mm -hmm. board with that game and it's unique and so just it's it's nothing you've ever seen and it's wild too like mm -hmm. you'll go down a corner and it's you're fighting a a monster that well i don't want to i guess i shouldn't really spoil anything but there's like there's just thing there's something i was literally playing before we recorded and i'll just say there was a bunch of clocks and that's all I'll say. And and, and oh, that's just okay. one room. I haven't room. gotten that far yet. <laughs> you know, and it's it's not like just a room with a bunch of clocks on the wall. It's just literally a bunch of those like miniature grandfather clocks just hanging around. And I mean, if you play the game, you can kind of either extrapolate that and and determine like what that might look like, or you've played it and experienced it. But that game has such a a, a varied art direction. And even just sitting down and talking to someone, there's been there's been attention to detail to the nines put into that conversation and you can feel it uh it's so good that game has great uh sort of overall creative direction yeah uh they also had games for impact like ryan had mentioned and uh uh Gris or gris i did we ever decide how i think it's Greece. i think they said gris or gris? Gris, yeah on um on the broadcast, so I guess that's what we'll go with. But uh, this game was nominated across a few different categories, and this is the one that it won. And I couldn't remember because I'm like, I think I played this game. You did. I did play you this didn't game. Like it. I did not like <laughs> this game at all. <laughs> but it had impact, right? I believe in that guess, episode, it yeah. impacted you. In it a did. Way. It, it definitely impacted me. Yep. <laughs> uh, and it's it's funny because uh, this game is is or this category is always really interesting because this is the category for. Like the um, essentially the the games that are deeper than just a game, you know, like they're they're not telling a traditional story. They usually have some sort of um, mechanism or something in the game that is designed to either make you think differently about something or shine light on a societal problem or help you get through something, which we we've seen a lot of games about uh, depression and, and this game in particular was about grief. And it's like, it's an interesting category, I think, because you this is where you really start to see people kind of really thinking outside the box. Like I had never heard of um, this one, Kind Words by Pop mm -hmm. Cannibal. And 
this is so cool. It's like an anonymous like pen pal game. So you can just like sit down and write letters and they just go to other anonymous people and you can have conversations and get advice without, you know, any sort of worry. You can hear about other other people's struggles and share your own without, you know, worrying about repercussions, I guess, like social repercussions. Like, I don't know. It just this seemed like group therapy on steroids almost. <laughs> mm. No, I think this category is always the most interesting because, like you said, it provides a listing of games that we might not have heard of or, or known about because just it didn't come across our radar. And Kind mm. Words was one that I did not know anything about. And they had a bit of a, I think they had like a small sort of dev in uh, interview that was playing throughout the, uh, it played at some point during the awards and they were mm -hmm. kind of talking about their experience where they developed this small game and then suddenly they had like 500,000 sort of letters that had just come through and they were not expecting that kind of an impact uh, from this game. And I mean, uh, Life is Strange 2 is in there as well. Like, I, I feel that like... That one I didn't really... I mean, granted, I didn't play it. You did. Um, I played the but, first I mean, episode, but... yeah. I Anything mean, in the Life is Strange franchise, I just feel kind of meh about, but maybe that's, maybe I'm just too old to get it. <laughs> I feel like I've said that a couple times tonight. Yeah, maybe I'm just, maybe I've outgrown some of this stuff. You never uh, had superpowers as an adolescent? I guess, yeah, no, not not relatable. <laughs> no, okay. Well, I feel Life is Strange too. I only played the first episode. It did, it has the makings of, ooh, we're making a Games for Impact right here, but it's still a video game. It's still a, uh, an adventure game. And I feel like if you look at, you know, uh, kind words as an example, that feels like a game that they've developed and doesn't have those sort of fun adventure trappings. It's literally a pen pal game. And yeah, uh, it's, it's just a, a like, good I, I'm, I'm looking at it on steam right now. Mm -hmm. It has overwhelmingly positive reviews. It's still at five stars, even though it's gotten almost 2000 ratings. Uh, it came out in September of this year and it literally just says a game about writing nice letters to real people. Write mm -hmm. and receive encouraging letters in a cozy room. That is literally all this game does. And it sounds so wholesome. Mm -hmm. Sounds <laughs> I nice. don't know. I just I, I, I'm really glad that I kind of have come across some of these things. And because I think sometimes I deal with like really dark things. And this one just seems so uplifting. So again, that's kind words from Pop Cannibal. If you guys are are looking to uh, to check that one out. Um other than that, were there any other categories? I guess uh, for me, it was multiplayer game. I can't believe Apex Legends won something. Yeah. I mean, Apex <laughs> I, Legends I feel, is pretty good, I, I guess. Feel kind of, yeah, I feel kind of bad for saying that because it seemed like Apex was uh, very much something everybody jumped on the bandwagon and then people seemed to fall off really hard. I mean, myself included. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was really, really fun at the beginning, but I think I just burnt myself out on battle royales with PUBG, And so any other that I've tried, you know, Apex, Fortnite, you know, any other battle royale, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know, not not really my jam, I guess. No. So I fell off of Apex pretty fast. And uh, it seemed like their numbers just like they were the pinnacle of these uh, battle royale multiplayer games for like two weeks. And then it just like tanked. And they were talking about how they weren't planning on really supporting it too much. And there were a whole bunch of bugs that weren't getting fixed. And there was a lot of like 
things that the community was asking for that EA was just kind of like, meh. So it's like, it kind of, it seemed like they were indifferent towards the game and so weren't going to support it. So I think a lot of people walked away when some of the things that they thought really needed to be addressed, in particular bugs oh. uh, that just weren't, then they ended up walking away and, and the numbers have really dropped off since. So I was shocked because this is up against Borderlands 3, Call of Duty, and maybe that's it. Maybe the Division, Call of Duty, uh, Tetris 99... <laughs> Hey man, don't knock Tetris ninety nine. That's uh, I'm not knocking it. I just didn't realize there was a multiplayer Tetris game. That's which... the battle royale right there. <laughs> yeah, um, Tetris. I, no, it's uh, that one's great. It's part of the Nintendo Online subscription. It's free. You can play it, and you literally play Tetris against ninety nine other people, and it's basically a Tetris wow. battle royale. Um, but on the topic of Apex, I thought you were kidding. No, I'm I'm not. <laughs> uh, that's uh, still not joking. That's a real thing. You should check it out. It's fun. Um, which reminds me, I did that came out this year, and it was uh, it's a, a game we're talking about. But um, Apex Legends is interesting. I feel like when it launched, as you said, yeah, it had a rocky start. People were really excited while it had that rocky start, and I think the the thing that shone a light on it was Fortnite has this insane content pipeline, and they even talked about sort of the people who make that happen. They said Fortnite is now supported by over a thousand developers. Um, there was no talk of sort of the issues of crunch, the issues of overworking staff, uh, you know, unpaid overtime, that sort of thing from Fortnite, obviously, because that would not be a thing to celebrate. But it's it was kind of awkward as, you know, they won all these awards and it's just the same guy coming up and talking about it and such a giant Fortnite ad. But, uh, you know, even the Star Wars thing, that was also a bit much for me. Again, like have your developers talk, don't you know, sell me on this Star Wars scene I get to see in Fortnite tomorrow. Um, but with Apex Legends, they came out right off the bat and said, look, like, we're not going to be able to support the game the way that Fortnite supports it. We're going to provide content, but it's going to be at the pace that fits our development team, right? I think that was the core issue that a lot of players had, especially if they were coming from Fortnite, right? I think Apex Legends is is going at the pace that they're setting for themselves, and that's either sent people back to Fortnite or just kept it going but it's a solid game i've not really played any of the battle royales i think PUBG kind of turned me off the whole sort of uh, genre but yeah i'm not uh not too worried about sort of that one but uh i did see with you know fresh indie game uh the developers uh behind disco elysium went up a couple times uh that's a game yeah, i have not played actually... I haven't played that game either, and they actually won narrative, best narrative of the year, and they were up against Control, Death Stranding, Outer Worlds, and Plague Tale. So, I mean, as much as I had my my own issues with Plague Tale, I wasn't, you know, totally sold on it 100%. Uh, it was still interesting, and I played it all the way through to the end, uh, and obviously I haven't seen the end of Control yet. Didn't play Death Stranding, haven't touched Outer Worlds yet. Um, but yeah, this, I was surprised cause like I hadn't heard of this game before, uh, and it was nominated across a few different categories and then to win best narrative against some of the things like three of the five in this category are literally nominated for game of the year. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. I, I kind of want to check. I really do want to check it out. People were saying to me when I was playing the outer worlds, you know, don't play disco Elysium because you won't be able to go back to outer worlds. It's that much of a better crafted one of those games it's sort of uh 
it's not literally the outer worlds like a 3d you know open world fallout game sort of thing but it's a old school isometric rpg fallout style game um so they brought back that aesthetic and and i feel a lot of folks really missed it maybe and it has Mm. been a while since the you know the you know three-quarter view isometric you know story game uh has sort of hit it off but um it sounds like a lot of people are over the moon about it uh outer wilds was another one that i have not checked out but a a lot of people are talking very highly about Uh, i don't think it won anything but it was right alongside disco elysium in terms of independent game um but yeah best narrative to disco elysium i mean i really enjoyed a plague tale i'm enjoying control so far in terms of narrative experiences so if disco elysium pops up above those two i i feel like that's that's saying something for sure i don't know anything about it other than it's called disco elysium and they yeah that's literally all i know too (laughs) yeah and so uh but yeah i I mean in terms of winners i don't think there was any that sort of shocked me as oh man it shouldn't uh the at least the ones i understood uh none really stood out outside of the maybe the audio design we talked about but in terms of uh, game of the year, I think you and before, I were just, just before we get into that. Yeah, sure. how stoked were you that Fire Emblem won strategy game? Oh right, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you... I don't want to go. I don't want to go past this one because I feel like you know, strategy game to Fire Emblem, you might want to. I might, yeah, um, bring that up. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like Fire Emblem Three Houses deserve to be like Luigi's Mansion deserves to be recognized. Uh, in this format in some way i'm not sitting here saying fire emblem three houses deserve to be you know game of the year but best strategy i feel like that's a really good fit and it goes back to my conversation with luigi's mansion that it's a very accessible strategy game uh in the sense that you might be doing strategy without realizing it as opposed to some of these other ones and i'm just trying to pull up the other ones like uh anno 1800 total war three kingdoms those are games where you're going in and like i am gonna have to strategy some things you know, um, <laughs> yeah, but Fire Emblem Three Houses coming from the person who just said, I'm going to have to strategy some things. Very good fit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad you uh, you rolled us back for that because that's a I would be. Well, someone in the discord would say, I can't believe you didn't mention three Fire Emblem Three Houses, Ryan. It's like, yeah, good call. I mean, I saw some people tweeting and they were just like, I'm so glad Fire Emblem Three Houses won strategy game, but it should have been game of the year. Like there, there's a lot of very strong opinions when it comes to Fire Emblem. So I'm glad that it got some recognition. But we do have to talk about game of the year. So this one to me was a huge surprise. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, like I said, I thought that Death Stranding that they were just going to give Death Stranding all the awards. So I'm kind of glad it was something else. And I don't know. I just I didn't think. Sekiro was going to be the game that they chose. I'm glad that they did. I mean, I know a lot of people have spoken really highly about the story and they really like the combat. Like if you are into a Dark Souls style combat where, you know, it's blocking and dodging more than it's, you know, hitting your buttons to hit somebody, um, then, I mean, it's almost like strategy. It's a strategy game built into a combat system, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, I think if you're into that, then, you know, a lot of people really, really liked this game. And uh, I'm glad, again, that that this kind of won out over some of the stuff that maybe was a little bit more recent, a little bit more hyped. Um, Yeah, I, I did not see this coming, I'll be honest. 
Yeah, I feel like Control was a very strong sort of uh, contender, contender in terms yeah. of a overall sort of everyone liked this game because this the the game these all these um, winners for the most part are determined based on a panel of judges uh and then there is like a sway vote from there's the public. a fan vote yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i think it's like 10 percent. they have the whole breakdown sort of in their on their website but in when they announced sekiro i i feel like this is a callback to when you know, Demon Souls and Dark Souls was winning awards when those games came out. And those mechanics, as much as you and I, I, I'll say despise, because I think for both of <laughs> us, that that may be how we feel when we're playing those mechanics. Uh, it's Yeah, it's not our jam. <laughs> it's not our jam. I know it's a lot of people's jams and they spread it all over every piece of toast they find. I'm like, why are you ruining this? Per-? Anyways, uh, I... <laughs> I feel like this is an example, another example of them t- of, from software making a game that is going to impact a bunch of games in three to four years. You know, this is the, this is the, I've never played it. I'm just making assumptions here. But when, when Demon Souls came out, a lot of people were like, they, uh, some folks made it their game of the year. And a lot of people thought, well, this is, you know, not going to catch on. And now we're looking at, a freaking Star Wars game came out this year. Darksiders 3 came out last year. And it's borrowing heavily from those mechanics. Not as punishing, but still a pain in my ass. Um, <laughs> so I kind of see Sekiro and I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, you know, I avoided this based solely on the fact that it was uh, based on the, it was out from the, you know, Dark Souls um, developers. But now it's one game of the year. And I'm like, I, I wonder if there's a way for me to try this and see if, if it if it would be my jam because again like i like those mechanics in small doses and if it's enough to win game of the year at a fairly you know i this is it they try to make the game awards as sort of balanced and pulling in it from as many sources as possible when determining winners uh, this is a it's a weird it's a weird one for me to see come out on top but i'm glad i'm glad it is getting it's uh it's sort of due right yeah, so I mean, I don't know about actually playing it, but I know that there were a lot of people that put like playthroughs out on, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was Twitch or, or YouTube or whatever. But like, if you just want to watch it and just want to see the story, but kind of leave the gameplay in much more capable hands, I mean, <laughs> there's yeah. there's lots and lots of options. I should do um, that. Because That's yeah, a good I mean, I've heard the narrative is very good. Like the story is really good and people really like it. So if the combat is the thing holding you back, then just watch the story <laughs> yeah i think I, when it came out i watched a couple streams i think um james was playing it on twitch and this was back i think it launched in february and this is another one where you look at this listing and resident evil 2 sekiro those were all early 2019 games so it's really great to see those games still making the list uh because i find sometimes the fall games and late summer games do tend to you know suck up the attention uh closer to these awards so i'm really glad that they kept those in mind when they were you know deliberating mm-hmm. um well yeah I, because they're just fresher in your mind right like if you played sekiro back in february and played it through to completion and loved it but then you played control you know or death stranding within the last month and you loved it then it's like well you're probably just going to vote for the one that you remember more recently right that's fresher in your head so yeah i we've talked about this before that i feel like stuff that comes out at the beginning of the year tends to suffer when it comes to award time because people just like either forget about them or forget how 
passionate they were potentially when they were playing it about what a great game they were. Like, I do think that the just being, you know, eight months removed from a release date when it comes to game of the year can can sometimes uh, mean that some some games are are forgotten and not necessarily given their due. So, yeah, Sekiro game of the year definitely is not going to be our game of the year <laughs> next week, because as, as Ryan mentioned, neither one of us actually played Sekiro. But um, yeah, I'm glad that the the wider gaming community did choose uh, to, to give them some recognition. Uh, before we move into the announcements that came out of the Game Awards, wanted to remind everybody, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin if you like the content that we produce. You can also head to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2019 because we are raising money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. That campaign will end at the end of the year, which means you only have about two weeks left if you would like to donate to the cause. We are going to do one final holiday Extra Life wrap-up stream. That's going to be this coming Friday, December 20th. Brian and I will be streaming together starting at 8 p.m. Eastern give or take, uh, kid dependent. Mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but we're going to be streaming on Friday night and we're going to basically play whatever games we can find that are having holiday celebration events. So if you guys have any sort of uh, suggestions that you would like us to, to play for the final extra live stream, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI discord and let us know your thoughts over there. So Ryan, was there anything out of the game awards out of the a zillion trailers. Uh-huh. <laughs> was there anything that really caught your eye that you wanted to uh, kind of point folks towards? I think I think the big one is obviously the elephant in the room is the Xbox announcement. We I did not see this coming. This was a huge surprise. I'm not going to say uh, it's made me more excited about um, next gen consoles. I'm actually all all things considered fairly lukewarm on next gen consoles right now. I'm I'm kind of content with uh, my my current setup, but the Xbox well, yeah, Series you've, X. You've got the point fives, right? So you've got like the actual latest latest gen. I stuff. do, yeah. And but again, like, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about next generation because my stuff needs an upgrade. But sure. at the same time, I think it's really going to come down to games, right? Is there yeah. anything that I want to play off the get go? And so far, it doesn't really seem like there is. But you never know. There's still a whole year before it's actually going to launch. So and that's lots of time to announce stuff. Exactly. Like, I don't know what first party games are going to be here at the, you know, holiday 2020. And I know with Xbox Series X, there is a Halo game that's launching with it. That's a big deal. But I think maybe I was more of a Halo fan 10 years ago than I am now. Now I'm, I love. I'm sorry, Ryan. Did I ruin it for you? (laughs) No, I still like Halo. I just think that maybe four and five didn't live up to the way one, two, and three did. You know, I I think I enjoyed the first five games in the series. And I think it's just, you know, four and five were, were, four was cool. Five felt a bit much. um, And then I don't know what this infinite is going to look like or, or play like, but, um, with the Xbox Series X, the way they unveiled it, it, it looks like a little PC, basically. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on does. sort of the design of it. Like, this is not going to... This is a new thing for your TV. This is not... It's not going to gel quite as well as what we're used to with the sort of small, rectangular, um, thin profile sort of uh, experiences, right? Yeah, and I think that it's probably a good decision. I mean, with all the power that they wanted to pack into that thing, it makes sense that it might need to be a little bit bigger. I'm totally fine 
with things being bigger if they can, you know, do heavy lifting and, you know, aren't going to do red ring of death things because they actually put all the fans needed to cool it. And, you know, like stuff like that. I'm it seems like, you know, being bigger is for a functional reason. Mm -hmm. So I'll find I'll find room for it. Yeah. It'll fit somewhere. Oh, I mean, it'll fit. And here's the thing. I think a lot of people talking about this console, everyone's making fun of it, comparing it to a fridge or a box or whatever. But I mean, personal computers. Spoiler alert. They're all boxes. <laughs> well, and that as well as personal computers have looked like giant black cubes or rectangles for a very long time. And why wouldn't it make sense for Microsoft, a company that has very much been steeped in the PC market, to develop a box that's just like, fine, here's what we are giving you. It's just a, it's an Xbox, but it's in the shape of a PC. Um, a lot of people have been talking about how it's just easier to, like you were saying, cool um, this PC-like tower as opposed to trying to fit everything into this small little package and just hope to God a component doesn't overheat because it's too close yeah. to another component. Um, but I mean, the name, a lot of people have been talking about the name. Yeah, the name is ridiculous. I, I mean, here's the thing. All we were talking about this in discord, all names are bad until you've stuck around with them for a bit. And PlayStation doesn't even try. They just, they slap a number on the end. That's cheating. That's like taking it's, the cow's I don't, way out. I don't think that's cheating. I think it's just functional. Like it is the fifth PlayStation. It makes sense. Xbox Series X doesn't tell me anything. Is it mm -hmm. the 10th? Is X supposed to be good? How am I supposed to shorten that? XSX? Screw you, Xbox. This is terrible. <laughs> I mean, if the name is bad, does it play games worse? I mean, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but I agree. It is a little awkward, especially when the Xbox One X was a uh, you know, was their latest console that came out. And I mean, I was there is rumors that Xbox, the next Xbox, I guess, that is now Xbox Series X is going to have two sort See, of. It's not even easy to say. I know. Even stumbling over. I it. know. I'm proving your point very well here. I guess I'm. <laughs> maybe anyways i think there there's talk that they might have another version that is the xbox series s s being sort of the line they went with with the one i give up you know it's uh yeah like and this is the other thing because i find okay a little peek into jocelyn's personal life right now uh we are looking at purchasing a vehicle sure. and cars cars do this too they've got like the the srt and the sxt and the w 10 and it's like it's all like i don't i have no concept i have no way to know what is like the base model and then what's the next one up and what's the next one up from that because it just they're all numbers and letters that just don't have any sort of order to them so it's like you're telling me there's going to be xbox series x xbox series s and one of those is supposed to be better than the other and i don't know which one that's X. a bad naming convention. For extreme, Jocelyn. <laughs> For extreme? Well, just yeah, never mind. I was gonna I was gonna say something really mean. I'm just not going to. But mean to me? Stupid. Like last episode or like mean to Microsoft? <laughs> no, not mean to you, mean oh, okay. to Microsoft. <laughs> and apparently I'm more worried about Microsoft's feelings than yours. That's I'm fine. Sorry, right? Microsoft is a large corporation that has feelings. I'm just uh Totally. Well I'm... corporations are people, right? So it's true. They pay taxes just like the rest of us, Jocelyn. Uh or do they? Um No, they do not. They do not. <laughs> uh well, okay, like 
it, it's interesting to, for me, I, I see this console unveil and it's like, I don't care what it looks like. I bought an Xbox one at some point and it still was a giant black box. Uh, and that's fine. But the name also doesn't bug me. Like as long as I put the games in and it plays, yes, we'll have to sort of deal with, you know, the fridge jokes for a little bit and, and the, you know, Xbox, you know, you know, sex jokes or whatever. But I, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, it's about the games. Um, you know, Sonoa's uh, Saga Hellblade 2 as being, you know, a game that's built for Xbox Series X looks phenomenal. But again, it's hard to tell whether those are just cinematics Man, or gameplay. That I was going to say, that trailer, um, I and I thought that they had said that, or maybe this was for Godfall, because Godfall is the PlayStation uh, PS5. That was their big reveal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the two of them said it was all in engine, and I thought it was the Xbox one that said it was all in engine. Um, which uh, watching that trailer, so I didn't play Hellblade, but watching that trailer, it was like stirring up feelings in me. It was yeah. like it was intense in this like primal, visceral like way, and I was like, oh man, like this game looks so cool. Like I don't know if that's the good guys or the bad guys. I don't even know if I hair like i just want to be in this experience yeah well hellblade the first one is on game pass and it's uh it's it's another ninja theory game and it, it was really cool because it dealt with um we you know we talk about games for impact and and hellblade also oh did. was hell hellblade was the she goes to hell thing yeah it was dealing to try with... to like find her husband or whatever exactly that was oh it. man yeah you were uh, i know you told me i should play that game and it's it's i i own it somewhere i'm sure mm-hmm. plus obviously it's on game pass but i'm pretty sure i bought it and i must have played the first like two seconds of it but um yeah i'll have to go back to it then because yeah hellblade 2 that that trailer was whew, so cool yeah and that'll be uh they're talking about an xbox one x game but again ninja theory is a microsoft first party uh, developer so it wouldn't surprise me if it was on pc as well at launch yes that yeah. seems to be their their mo and i think that's kind of where the excitement's lost on me will i own an xbox series x at some point probably yes there are enough microsoft exclusive franchises that i want an easy sort of avenue to play um but if i can bridge the gap for a year or so by playing halo and hellblade 2 on my pc i'm gonna go that route or even on my xbox one x um Mm -hmm. because it's all they're, they've talked a lot a little bit more about sort of the games and stuff and they've talked about entitlements where if you buy uh if you buy you know let's say halo infinite you're buying a license for the game to be played on pc xbox or xbox series x <laughs> okay so it's gonna be confusing for the first year or so i know i kind of wish that they would just drop it completely like just this is the new Xbox. And then, you know, just let us make up our own names for stuff. Like, and just make it like, oh yeah, no, I have the old Xbox. You know, I haven't bought the new one yet. Like just, just stop. Cause clearly you can't name things. So let the internet, even if it ends up being Xbox fridge. I mean, Xbox <laughs> just... one wasn't even that great. And now that I think about it, like that's that game, that name, we just, we all accepted the fact that they weren't going to change it. And then we lived with it. But well, yeah, everyone just called it the X-Bone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, you're right. Okay. Yeah, well, they're terrible at this. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're right. They're terrible at this. Um, <laughs> We got a, you know, Ghost of Tsushima. Sh- um, we got a, a, a release window for that. I'm not particularly, like, super interested in this one. Um, 
but I w- I'm not really into like the samurai genre. I don't know if mm. you are. It seems like, and I don't know if this is, um, you know, because sometimes uh, movies will do this too, where mm. it's like, it seems like we get a whole bunch of like natural disaster and then like a whole bunch of like vampire movies and then a whole bunch of like sci-fi, like, and they seem to follow like different development studios. I don't know if they hear rumors or whatever, but anyways, my point is Sekiro came out this year. It was really popular. And now we've got, you know, and obviously their the development cycle is not only a year long. So this is stuff that was in development at the same time as Sekiro, but um, there, there seems to be suddenly many different games that are going down this samurai route. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I, again, I, I was like, am I watching? Wait, is this, is this DLC? No, wait, this is a different game. Okay. Now we've got samurai game number three coming on. Like, yeah, it was, uh, it's very interesting to see the, the theme that seems to have captured the uh, game development world in the last uh, couple of years. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that game, I don't know what it is. It looks pretty, uh, but I'm not sure what the structure of the game is quite yet. And it's really tough for me to kind of sit here and look forward to something that is just a, a pretty samurai game, I guess. Um, but that, I, again, it's just it, it's not really latching on. But uh, a weird surprise was also The Wolf Among Us 2 being re-announced i guess because it was sort of yeah it was already it had been announced but then telltale fell apart right and then so now telltale has been uh revived essentially and wolf among us 2 is back on the table which is really cool because that was a fun experience yeah i re- we we both really enjoyed it and i think it was one yeah. of those telltale experiences where we both agreed that it was probably their best product and when it was announced Telltale was closing and they and the two games that were affected that were in development were Wolf Among Us 2 and a Stranger Things game. Uh, and I'm really glad they're bringing this one back because it was their best game. They, they, it, yeah, and it required hands a sequel. down. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was hands down their best game, even from a technical standpoint, because I remember every other Telltale game that I played was super freaking buggy. It was like I would get stuck on invisible things. I would, you know, have things that wouldn't be clickable or interactable. And then all of a sudden I'd have to like just restart the whole game. And like, but Wolf Among Us 2, I never really had those technical glitches, at least not to the point that I I remember. It was just a smooth game experience. And then layered on top of that, you had a really interesting story with characters that a lot of us are very familiar with. And it was really, really entertaining. So I feel like it was it was just far and beyond their best game. So I'm glad that now uh, I can't remember off the top of my head who bought them, but I'm glad that they're uh, bringing this back, that this is something we're going to get to see. Yeah, the, the Telltale story post-closure is really, uh, it's, a, it's a, a fascinating tale in sort of how not to run a company. And the way it was sort of revived is I think it's two people who aren't at all from Telltale has sort of bought the shell of Telltale and sort of recollected um, some of the licenses they had. So I think they they retained all the WB ones. They lost Netflix. They lost Walking Dead, but they kept uh, Wolf Among Us as well. And they they have announced that the same voice cast has been brought back, as well as they're hiring uh, staff that previously worked on the Wolf Among Us, including the original writer um, and and some other staff as well. I don't think they're 
they're being given full-time jobs. I think there was talk that it was contract or freelance, but Mm -hmm. that's still a step in the right direction. Uh, It's not perfect, but again, it's great that we're getting this game and hopefully the folks that are working on it feel as though they're in a better spot than they were when Telltale was crumbling. Um, Yeah. So I'm glad it's coming back and I hope this is for reals. You know, it's not going <laughs> to fall time. through our hands again like like Spider-Man in Infinity War. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of things <laughs> coming back, uh, Skyrim is coming back. <laughs> sure. Okay. Here's the thing. Skyrim, uh, they now, like they teased and announced, I guess, that there's going to be a further uh, a reveal for Elder Scrolls Online in, in January of 2020. I thought they already did Skyrim in Elder Scrolls Online. Am I wrong? You are wrong. Okay, perfect. So uh, they did, <laughs> they did uh, El- elsewhere mm-hmm. uh, or Elsewire or something. I'm not 100% sure how you say it, but um, that was their most recent expansion slash DLC. And that actually went, I think, uh, I haven't actually played it because um, basically the ESO now lets you kind of level and play wherever you want. So I could have just gone straight there and the world would have scaled to me. But I'm trying to play a little bit more along the lines of like what the main story was, because otherwise it would be like playing World of Warcraft and then skipping vanilla and jumping straight into Cataclysm and having, you know, no idea what had happened sort of thing. And, you know, who the what happened with the Lich King or any of that stuff. So um, I'm trying to kind of essentially like play through the story of vanilla ESO. Mm-hmm. And so that means that I haven't actually played the new stuff, but uh, they did add, you know, more dungeons, more story, all that kind of stuff in, in the new zone that does kind of center around dragons. But I think it it's in the uh, where the Khajiit are from. I can't remember. I, well, it's probably named elsewhere. <laughs> but anyways, um, I think that's that's kind of the gist of it. And again, I haven't actually played it, so I'm really sorry if there's anyone who's currently playing ESO and listening to the sound of my voice going, no, you're wrong, and this is the 800 ways why. Um, But yeah, so they haven't actually done Skyrim. So now they are doing another piece of DLC that is seems to be like venturing into Skyrim. The the trailer that they showed was super teasery mm-hmm. and it was really cool looking and like you said they're doing a, an actual reveal stream they basically teased their reveal stream <laughs> but uh that that's in about a month uh, i think it was january 16th 2020 so uh i will definitely be talking about that again because uh yeah i'm super stoked i love eso content even if i haven't actually gotten to it i'm glad that ESO is still being supported. They're still telling stories and, and developing content for it. So it's very much, uh, yeah, very much alive. Cool. Well, we uh, there was a couple MMOs, which surprised me. I didn't think people were making MMOs anymore. Uh, Magic Legends is getting an MMO. Uh, so Magic the Gathering. And then there was that new Amazon MMO, New World. Uh, but like in classic MMO fashion, when you're watching the trailer, it doesn't at all scream MMO. <laughs> So, no, I had no idea. I was like, there were MMOs, yeah, like, other than ESO. What, <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, of course, ESO, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm just looking at sort of rundown and and oh, right, New Worlds that's that Amazon MMO. It's a it's um, 
yeah, literally Amazon Game Studios. So the people who brought you packages and <laughs> uh, Jack Ryan is now bringing you an MMO. Hey, um, that's an amazing TV show. <laughs> yes. Well, I enjoyed The Office as well. So I've only yeah, watched it's the basically first the same. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, but no, I I don't know if I'm going to play those games, but kudos to them for building MMOs uh, still. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely don't have the time for it. Once I'm once I find a time in WoW when it's like super mega downtime, then I'll be jumping back into ESO. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't I don't have room for another one on top of all of that. Uh, there were a couple of announcements I was pretty stoked on. Uh, so very very close to the end, they had Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel come out on the stage, and I was like, what is happening? this is probably the best thing of life, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. And then they were like, bam, Fast and the Furious Crossroads. What? And I was just like, I am in. Is that game going to be good though? (laughs) I don't care. It's going to be glorious because it's going to be Fast and the Furious and that's all that matters. I I love that franchise. I'm glad you're excited There's nothing better than just like uh, turning your brain off and just watching cars go fast and things explode. Well, that game certainly has it probably uh throughout in spades yeah yeah you'll be fine <laughs> with that one um yeah it was an interesting way to end the show like a fast and the furious and then they like you know vin diesel's like oh, i watched the trailer for fast nine uh it was four minutes and i'm like what i don't know that means <laughs> nothing to me yeah. is it on youtube <laughs> they were just having they were just having their own little moment there and i, I don't know i just I love that, you know, a, a 20 year old movie franchise just brought the two of them together and they're just like BFFs now. Like that just, I don't know. So it just makes me so happy. Anyways, I'll stop like fangirling over Fast and the Furious it's now. Fine. But yeah. Uh, and then finally, at least uh, finally for me, uh, I was super excited to see that we've got a full on release date. It's coming out of beta. I don't know if you guys took this seriously, but I'm really excited for Maneater. <laughs> Really? It looks so like Sharknado levels of ridiculous, but I'm totally here for it. Like you just you essentially and I didn't even know that this was a thing that you could do until, you know, watching this this trailer. But you actually can evolve your shark. (laughs) So what you're trying to do is you are like a man eating great white. You are just trying to eat as many people as possible. I have no idea if there's any sort of story. I have no idea like what the actual mechanics of the game are. It was basically just a like two to three minute trailer of gigantic sharks just totally wrecking people in every way, shape and form you can possibly think of, including like somehow I don't even know how the shark would have gotten there, but like hopping across the front lawn of someone's house. Yeah. Just like, trying to, like, I don't even know how it happened. I don't care. I just, again, it's, it's kind of up there with fast and the furious for me. I just want to be a ridiculous shark and try. I don't know if it's like, how many people can you eat in two minutes or something? Like, I don't even know. I don't even care. I just, I just want to play this game. <laughs> it feels like sort of a natural evolution on Goat Simulator, where Goat Simulator wasn't <laughs> a game. It was just literally you're a goat and you can wreck shit, you know, and run around different environments. This feels yeah, like... so this is just you're a shark and you could just eat shit? <laughs> yeah, well, it feels like there are, are mechanics. Like, for example, in the trailer, there's like a golf course and you're chasing people who are golfing. And then there were some sort of attacking the city where you get power-ups and you're like shooting laser beams. So it's more than just 
eating people who are like yeah. unsuspecting scuba divers. No, like you're actually taking out other I don't know, like mechanics. It looks it looks really I knew nothing of this game. This is the first I've seen of it. So Oh really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, no, this has definitely been on my radar for a while. I feel like it was uh uh last year maybe at the game awards maybe at e3 there was like a trailer about this and it's been kind of in uh beta but i don't think it's actually been like open beta or anything but um yeah so it is a single player action rpg and you have to fight to survive in the open ocean so there's stuff that can kill you but then uh as you feed you can evolve your shark so you can become like bigger and stronger and stuff like that. So and it's from Tripwire Interactive. I think those are the folks behind Killing Floor. Uh we played a I lot. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, they are. Yeah, they're the Killing Floor uh Killing Floor guys, which we did. We played a lot of that and that's kind of the vibe that I get from this mm-hmm. is that it's like it's going to be that kind of satisfying, right? Like there's not going to be a huge story here. But what there is going to be is just like this when you are able to, you know, eat (laughs) humans, it's just going to be super satisfying. Like this just I don't know. And and the screenshots and stuff from it look really pretty. Like they've done a lot of work, uh, like putting into the the environments and, you know, all the underwater scenes. But then even um like all the coastal areas and stuff like i don't know man it just looks it looks beautiful it does look and good. super satisfying you know to when you actually eat people yeah i mean that's <laughs> what you want that's what you're looking for in a game and we we all we both played depth uh yes we know yep. what we want from a shark game uh <laughs> and and this time you get to be the shark all the time and yeah. uh you get to scare people like fake people you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. people sneaking up on you uh, yeah, it's not like you're gonna have like a weird human be swimming around with you and sneaking up and scaring you, right? While you're playing, yeah. I don't know. Um, Anything and everything is on the menu. Kill or be killed. Like I don't, it just sounds so ridiculous and so fun. Oh yeah, I just I I'm really excited about this, and I think it's coming in. It's either March or May. It's it's one of the M months. <laughs> it's May, yeah, May 2020. So that's I mean that's not far from now. So that sounds really yeah good to like me. Like six months. Yeah. Yeah uh ori and the will of the wisps was another one that i saw i mean mm. we've we've talked about this one before it looks still looks fantastic and yeah it's like they showed us another trailer and i was like you've already got us like yeah we're down i'm pretty sure <laughs> some of these are re reused like sort of scenes and stuff yeah but- i was gonna say it's like more of the same but that's kind of okay because what they showed us originally looked really good. So, you know, more of the same isn't bad in this case. (laughs) Exactly. And it's going to be out, uh, you know, March 11th, 2020, which is nice. Good birthday gift for me. I'll have it a couple days after, Uh, (laughs) you know, thank you, Microsoft. I was also, I don't think this is something that's going to, that flew across your radar, but um, Gears Tactics was another one that I was interested to see. They showed a tidbit of it a few e3s ago in a very pre-alpha phase and now we've gotten to see what gears tactics looks like from a a near release standpoint and i'm a big fan of the XCOM games and i'm a i'm a i'm a you know i'm a, a cool fan of gears i'm cool with it i don't necessarily <laughs> like go nuts for gears of war but i i appreciate it as a franchise uh similar to halo i feel like they the sequel trilogy is a it might be a bit long in the tooth for me, but I still enjoy it. But uh, it's getting an April release date. Looks fantastic. They've announced a 40-plus hour campaign. 
Uh, so I look forward to playing a third of that. And yeah, Gears Tactics, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that definitely wasn't on my radar, but I'm, I'm glad you're looking forward to it. And hopefully you can, you can tell us a little bit about that when it actually launches. April. Uh, I think that's, yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty much it mm-hmm. for us for the Game Awards. But if you guys uh, have any thoughts, if there's anything you think we, we failed to highlight and, and you're all sad, then do tell us because uh, we do want to know what you guys think about this whole um, spectacle, shall we say. Uh, so again, you can uh, hit us up on Discord. That's bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also email the show at info at gamersinpodcast.com. That's going to do it for this week. So you can go and visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is our Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn, and remember, tune in next week. <laughs>